It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 807, 71 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful. Whatever you do in your garden, one of the things you can do to be more successful in life is to travel. I just got back from France and Italy this past couple of weeks when Ashley hosted the show in my stead. Did a great job doing that. We actually listened to the show from France. We were driving around one uh, morning, and it's six hours ahead of our time over there, so it was noon, and we got the tour leader to uh, get out his iPhone and we put the microphone of the phone up to the microphone of the bus, and we're able to listen to Ashley talking to people and Mark Banta here and Mickey Gasway answering questions. It was great, great, great fun. One of the things that we saw there as you can imagine, in northern Italy and southern France is wine, and wineries went to a special wine tasting. And if you have ever thought you had rocky soil, you haven't seen anything until you've seen the rocky soil on which this winery was based. It's one of the top grossing, producing, profitable wineries in southern France. Yet they were growing wine in fields, big fields, miles of grapevines, and rocks as big as an egg to the size of two fists together, and that's all that covered the ground. All that covered the ground. Rocks, 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 rounded river rocks that were easily a couple of inches, three, four, five, six, seven, eight inches deep. And then I can't imagine underneath that, rocky down for 50 or 60 feet, I guess. But they made terrific wine there. Is one of the most remarkable fields I've ever seen. They must have had heavy-duty tractors to go through there and plow those rocks up. That would be exactly what they need. We went to uh, places where I just my eye catches on things that I think are amusing and fun to see, so I take pictures of, of them. In one place, uh, there was the Biggie Burger, the Hand Burger, the Slow Food Yo-Yo. <laughs> there were plenty of little odd graffitis that I took pictures of, and all these uh, things, I have a quick snappy little travelogue on my website if you want to see the pictures of Italy and Europe and our garden trip there, and it's WalterReeves.com. It's right there on the front page. So you can see all the pictures of, of what we saw and did there. And oh, by the way, one thing I need to mention this is that I learned while we were on the trip that Cuba has made a, well, Cuba is learning quickly about the capitalistic system, and so the hotels in Cuba are trying to keep their occupancy rates as high as they possibly can, and they're now requiring tour groups to tell who is coming to the island 90 days in advance of arrival. So that means that if I'm going to take a group to Cuba this year in October, which I plan to do in late October, I need to know who's coming by mid to late July. So if you have any interest in going to Cuba on a legal garden, history, art, music, all the fun you can possibly have in a country that the U.S. has tried to blockade unsuccessfully for 50 years and is very pleased with themselves but a great foreign presence, so they just love Americans. We have a great time while we're there. And if you're interested in going to Cuba, check my website. Just type the words Cuba there, and you can see the details about how to go and what our itinerary will be this time. Billy is up in Canton, Georgia, and Billy joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bill, good morning. Hey, 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 Walter, how are you doing? What kind of flower do you have, Billy? 
Um, I'm going to do my best to describe it to you because I know the conversation may end up when you tell me to put it on your website. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But it's, it's so unusual. I just had to call. Um, it, it's coming up in a bed of wildflowers that I put down. Um, you get those like two pound bags yeah, of wildflower sure. seed mix and you just throw it out, that kind of thing. Um, it's got three limbs on it that come out of the ground and they kind of grow a little bit flat. Mm. Um, it's got long, narrow leaves on it, it that go all the way up each one of the stalks. Ooh. Now, the weird part is it's got the blooms on it. They only bloom for a cup, like an hour or two in the morning. They're yellow. There's three petals, maybe the size of a half dollar. And the pods that they, when, before they bloom, look exactly like okra, like little tiny mini okra. Got it. And new growth comes out above the blooms, and it just kind of keeps going up and up and up and blooming all the way up underneath all the new growth. And so when the pods that look like okra, do they split, or do they have any points or hooks or anything on those pods? No, they're smooth. They just stick straight out like okra does, and they're smooth, and they're wow. pointed. And, and how, they, they how big, how long? When they die, they, they leave a little hole in the middle. Ooh, intriguing, intriguing, Billy, and you you exactly know what I'm going to say. You better post that or name that plant on my website, because I can't identify it right this minute. I had some ideas in my head, but when you said yellow flowers and uh, what the pods look like and the leaves sort of go up along the stem, that eliminated about 99% of what I thought it could possibly be. But you can always go to my website and put it on name that plant, and we'll see what it is. All right. Thank you, sir. Easy to do. Hey, Billy, thanks so much for calling. Yes, sir. Twelve minutes past the hour. Janice in Mableton is with us. Hey, Janice, good morning. Good morning. How can we help? Um, I have Stella lilies, and they're finished flowering, but in place of the flower, there's this little light green bulb. Yeah, the pod, the seed pod. Uh, Do I leave that alone? No. Cut cut it off? Absolutely cut it off. One of the things about Stella d'Oro that we've all learned is that that daylily, if you leave the seed pods on it, it was promised as an ever-blooming daylily. It will not bloom again if you leave the seed pods on. So if you take them off, fertilize it, water it a little bit, it puts on new leaves, new bloom buds down at the bottom of the plant, and whoa, it comes up again and blooms again. But it won't do that unless you remove those seed pods. Okay, so I don't plant the pods, replant unless them? You, or? If you want to, I and mean, you could have one of your Stella d'Oro daylilies that you leave the pods on, and by mm, late July, I'm guessing, they will turn brown and start splitting a little bit, and that's when the seeds are mature, and you could take those seeds and plant them, but there's, oh gosh, 50 or more seeds per pod, and so you don't need to let one let more than one pod mature. The ones that you want the flowers to come more again, again, again on those plants, cut the seed pods off of them. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very much, Walter. Not a problem. Remember, fertilizing and watering right after you cut them off, that also helps to get the bloom cycle started again. All right. All well right. Then. Thanks for calling, Janice. All right. Thank you. And here's John. John's coming to us from Cumming, Georgia, and joins us in Lawn and Garden. John, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. You bet, John. I have had tomato plants the last several years in different areas. I've had and been in different houses and planted them and yet uh, a bed and different ones. And I've always used the Better Boys because I had 
real good luck with them years and years ago when they were pretty big. But now I can barely get enough tomato off of one, just one, to get a, enough to cover a tomato sandwich. Oh, man, that's disappointing. So, I know. It's terrible. Anyway, what can I do to make them a little bit bigger? Or do I just need to go buy another type of tomato well, let's plant see. to do that? Let's see. I have lots of flowers. One. All right, I'll give you some things to do. Number one, to get big fruit, you have to have very complete pollination. And as temperatures rise, as temperatures get into the 90s, this is a sort of call to everyone who has tomatoes that once temperatures get into the 90s at high humidity, pollen sticks around in the flower and does not go where it ought to go and doesn't get complete pollination. So you get these sort of odd-looking, half-formed tomatoes. They're good to eat, no, no doubt about that. But complete pollination gives you bigger fruit. So here's the job for John. Get a little tiny little Q-tip and go out there. Not even a Q-tip. This is the one where you can actually thump the flowers. Get a stick or a chopstick or a pencil or something like that and just tap the flower. Tap, tap, tap. Bump, bump, bump. Tap, tap, tap. If you want to use a, don't tell anybody, but use an electric toothbrush, wrap the head up in a plastic bag and then put that toothbrush against the stem of all your flower clusters like that do that once a day for about a week and i bet you you will get more tomatoes than you can shake a stick at well i get a lot they're just not very big then part of that again is incomplete pollination pollination makes seeds seeds cause hormone flow and hormone flow is what causes the uh, fruit to swell and you want Got more it. swelling. You want more swelling, and for that you need more seeds, and more seeds depends on pollination. So there's the story. So just put it next to the flower. Just put it right there up close to it, just a little bit, just a little vibration to get the, get the pollen unstuck in there. My wife will think I'm nuts. Yes, she will. But she does that already, John, so, you know, it's not, nothing new. Thank you a lot. I appreciate your time. Right, John. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0. He didn't take that very kindly. It didn't sound like 404-872-0750. Our number, you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSP. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The word of the day. Word of the day. Hot. 93 degrees this afternoon, going to about 70 overnight. No chance of rain particularly at all. It's just going to be hot. That's the way it is. Your full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Rachel, let's do the weekend prize bet. Got it? Got time for that? All right, let's do it. Who will win a set of four tickets to an evening of great American music with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on June 16th at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, plus a pair of tickets to see the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra's music of the Eagles on June 25th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by ASO Presents, and a Hail Caesar. What a great movie. A Hail Caesar Blu-ray DVD combo pack. If you are caller number... I'll be caller number four. Caller number four to our contest line, 404-741-0750, 404-741-0750. If you're caller number four, you get to see Hale Caesar. And again, oh, George Clooney. By the way, George Clooney has a villa there on Lake Como where we were in Italy. We could see where his villa was over the hill. That's where George lives over there.
Walter in Atlanta, Georgia, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Walter, good morning. Good morning. I've got this sweet gum tree that was taken out about six months ago. Yeah. I've tried acid, buttermilk. The tree just loves whatever <laughs> I give it. Should I burn the stump? How do I? It, it's still growing. The stump is still growing. The root under yeah. the patio is still growing. The best way to, to kill a root, short of having to dig the darn thing up, yeah. and this is for any tree, whether it's Bradford pear or wisteria or anything that has lots and lots of sprouts, simply keep the foliage from growing. And that means anything you can do, you can put weed killer if you want to, you can feed it buttermilk if you want to, but you can chop it off with a knife if you want to. But whatever will eliminate leaves starves roots. There's not a root eliminator that will kill everything overnight. No, nothing like that. But if you keep the foliage off of it, the root simply doesn't have a way to feed itself, and down it goes. It won't Right. Well, would you recommend burning a stump? It's it's about a a two-and-a-half-inch. foot stump. Would that work, too? To do what? To accomplish what? To, to kill the, the what's remaining of this thing that doesn't want to die. It won't have any effect, particularly on it, beyond uh, whatever damage it does to the leaf buds. No. I would say, no, I would, don't think there's any reason to burn the stump. That's not going to do much more than just simply chopping off the leaves as they appear. Okay. Well, thank you. It's just, uh-huh. I just probably... Are sweet gums that tough that there's nothing ever seems to bother them? I saw a botanical uh, garden there in France, and they had sweet gums as a specimen tree. A specimen tree, Walter. It was yeah. 10 feet tall, and they were real proud of it. And I thought, oh, you crazy people. You are not going <laughs> to like that tree. Uh-uh, you're not going to like that tree. Hey, you know the other thing that they love over there, Walter? What? Wisteria. You would not believe the amount of wisteria on arbors and uh, gazebos and, you know, everything that can support a vine. They got wisteria with big, thick trunks as big as your leg on it. They say, oh, it's so beautiful in this when it blooms, it blooms flowers. Well, let me just tell you. Any citron, French cars, older citron yeah. cars when you were there? Yeah. They had a couple. I saw some citron cars. Yeah, the ones that used to look like they're made out of car gate, aluminum, <laughs> like an awning. And the wisteria goes about as fast as a citron, you know, really? goes along the highway. Yeah. Pretty wild, pretty wild. Well, thanks for calling, Walter. Good luck with that sweet gum tree. Thank you very much. What a miserable plant. I swear. You know, it just takes a little bit. If I had the sweet gum tree over my driveway, if it does just one more bad thing, drips drops one more thousand of the sweet gum balls and drops one more pound or bushel of leaves on my driveway, I'm going to cut that sorry thing down. And then what will provide the shade that I have on my plants underneath on that side of the landscape? I don't know, but oh, sweet gum trees, sweet gum trees, what a... What a bad idea that was. What was God thinking? Well, I'll tell you what God was thinking. God was thinking, look at all those sweet gum seeds that are actually food for lots of creatures. Chipmunks, rats, mice, uh, some of the other insects in the landscape, they eat the sweet gum seeds. So that is what the use of a sweet gum is. And if you spray them with glitter and gold paint, you can make wonderful Christmas decorations. You know that too, right? Yeah, right. Okay, sweet gums. Not my favorite tree, as you can tell. Many more questions in the next half hour. Asian beetles rooting with rooting wisteria. Tom, are you crazy? Rooting wisteria. Need a bug identifies eating a plant. Clusters of beans on a yellow jasmine. Passion fruit seeds are sprouting. We'll get to all that right after news. It's 
the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835, 74 degrees. We're going up into the low 90s this afternoon, so get your gardening done this morning. Or, better yet, go and visit a Pike Nursery, and while you're there, talk to some of the associates about what your problems have, are, and need solving. And one of the associates that I talk to every Saturday morning, Mickey Gazaway. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning, Walter. Welcome back. Thank you, ma'am. I went to the Pike equivalent in France, and it looked just like Pike. Flowers, Angelonia, Bougainvillea, of course, over there. Bougainvillea is dime a dozen. They had uh, uh, all the plants you would recognize there that we grow and sell here in Georgia. It was remarkable to did see another a, nursery. Did they have any different things that were a lot different that you did? You know, recognize? they're a little more Mediterranean over okay. there, and so there were a few plants like Bougainvillea that we don't right. typically sell a lot of here in, in but Metro you have Atlanta. Some, though, by the way. Well, good. <laughs> but you don't expect a Bougainvillea no, to be as spectacular no. as they are in the real Mediterranean. But, you know, that was one of the most remarkable things for us as a garden group is that most of us could recognize the plants. (laughs) There wasn't anything strange. I wondered if I went somewhere like that, if I couldn't, if I recognized anything. I promise if you went to the Mediterranean, Mickey, you would feel right at home. Nothing unusual, weird, strange, pansies, petunias. They don't say y'all. They they don't say y'all at all. They say merci. Merci and bonjour. Merci. Well, I'm glad y'all had fun. It sounded great. We did. We did. We did. All right, let's go back and celebrate here at Pike Nursery. So we've got a 20% off uh, item today. What might that be? And today it's grape myrtles. Well, great. It's a great time to do that. You can see what color they are. They're blooming. That's one of the plants they don't have enough of. You could go over there and set up a grape myrtle distributorship (laughs) and make a lot of money, Mickey. Uh, And did you see any over there at all? Two. I saw two. That was really? it. Well, you know, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, during the Olympics when we worked so hard to make everything Atlanta just beautiful, beautiful. And everybody, the thing that they always commented on was the great myrtles. Sure, because it was gorgeous during the Olympics. The great myrtles were. were fabulous. But they were over there they have lots of flowering plants. But of crepe myrtle, I saw, again, two, maybe three, and they were sort of tucked away and not blooming at that time. Wow. I don't know why that is. Well, I, I noticed them blooming this week. I noticed some natchez yeah. in full bloom. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot where I saw it. But they, I, I thought, well, boy, they're a little bit early because mine, I mean, ours haven't started yet. I have a question for you, Mickey Gasly, okay. about crepe myrtles. Tell me more about these dark, dark purple-leaved crepe myrtles. They're called the magic series. Yeah. And um, there's purple magic and I think plum magic. They're different. Colors. And there's a white one. The white, it really shows up. Wow. I like the lighter colors against it. It uh-huh. really, really, really shows up good. I saw one the other day in somebody's yard that was just beginning to, it had buds and maybe one or two flowers on it. But purple beyond belief. I thought, mm-hmm. man, oh man, look at that crepe myrtle. It really looks good, especially if you have it up against something green or yeah. something lighter. It really, really shows up good. I think they're going to be real popular. And one of the things that I know about crepe myrtles is to you that they don't come in little bitty six-packs. They come in big four, five, ten-gallon maybe pots. And so if you are worried about having them planted, 
Pike will plant them for you. And that's the great thing that I know about Pike is you have the Plant It For You program over there. That's exactly right. And we will plant it right. I know. You better because you guarantee it. That's exactly right. <laughs> it would be embarrassing right. for somebody to bring in a crate myrtle and say, Pike planted this and it died. <laughs> so, um, so so we got the crate myrtles, all the crate myrtles, including the Magic Series, including the Natchez right. and the Comey and Aurora and Tuscarora. And we remind our listeners right now to read the label and find out how big your crate myrtle grows eventually because you don't want to put it in a place that would be the wrong size. That's happens. right. We've got some little bitty, well, I say little bitty, like three to four foot, mm-hmm. the Dazzle Series. And they're by. nice, nice little, yeah. you'd always call them a, a perennial plant because they are perennial, obviously, but they're small like perennial. That's right. Flower and that's in the garden. Kind of what you use them in the back of a border or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is terrific. Twenty percent off. All you have to do, by the way, listeners, is go to the cashier with your cartload of crepe myrtles and a little sure start, and say this is the Pike Pick of the Weekend. Twenty percent off on all these crepe myrtles. Beautify your landscape. You know the colors because they're blooming just about right now. <sighs> And, and you can you, come in today because uh-huh. we're having a class on growing crepe myrtles. And in 20 minutes at all Pike right. Nursery locations, a class on growing crepe myrtles. So what can exactly right. And it's in most let, of the... Let me just go put ahead. one thing out right What's, now. Um, and that's about the crepe myrtle thing. Uh, People always... I get asked this all the time, what, what, what they should do about this. And you can cut them back. You can do that, and it'll give you larger blooms but fewer of them. But it's absolutely not necessary. It doesn't hurt anything, really. But um, you can do it if you want to. The pencil prune thing is a better yeah, way to do it, to do where it. you just prune everything back that's smaller than a pencil. That's easier. Or don't do anything like I and do. And that's why we said learn the label, learn how big it's going to get, so that's you perhaps exactly don't right. have to do the pruning severely anyway each year. But they're great plants, and I yeah. hope everybody will come in. Fabulous plants. Great myrtles on sale, 20% off. Go to the cashier and tell them that, and tell them Mickey and Walter sent you. All right. Yes, you got it. And if we wanted to find a Pike location in the metro Atlanta area, how would we do that? At PikeNursery.com. Mickey, it's great talking to you. Thank you. Welcome back. We'll Bye-bye. see you soon. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Mickey's line there. Lisa in the Stockbridge has been waiting patiently for us, and she's on the line finally. Hey, Lisa. Um, bonjour, mon ami. Oh, I bonjour, the, uh, <laughs> bonjour. <laughs> The iced tea over there is scarce, but did you get a chance to try the limoncello? As a matter of fact, the limoncello was, let's put it this way. I had an important birthday while I was there in, uh, I guess it was northern Italy when we were there, and we celebrated with limoncello, and my friend, it flowed freely over our crowd. Yes, it did. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy for you. And the other favorite product food I have from over that area is the butter. The butter is incredible. Butter and radishes. Who would have ever thought you would put butter and radishes together? (laughs) You probably remember the butter, though, from when you were a young boy. Yeah, because we made it ourselves. It was very, uh, you know, cow butter. You could tell it came out of the cow a week ago, three days ago. Who knows? But we just scooped a little bit off in our spoons to taste it to see what this big hunk of stuff was. Fresh butter right there on the table. Ah. Wonderful. So what's happening to your muscadines, Lisa? Well, the um, Asian beetle has been a problem, and we've learned uh, about milky spore, so we're getting it a little bit more under control this year. However, it's still decimated some of the or, uh, large majority of the leaves, mm. and a lot of the um, little bunches that are about the size of your uh, the index, one index on your thumb, yeah. 
Um, so you can tell that they've eaten every grape off of bunches, Ooh, man, hundreds man. of them. So we snip those um, leaves that are partially decimated. The ones that are totally decimated, of course, I'd snip off. But if they're partial, should I snip them off? No, I- no, leave them on. If they're green, they're photosynthesizing, you leave them on. Okay, and the bunches that have been eaten, should I... Uh, maybe some you know, didn't. They're small right now. It's hard to tell what is completely damaged and what is not. I say we need to wait some before you do anything, Lisa. Okay, that's what we'll do. And the milky spore hopefully will kill some of them. You know, there are insecticides labeled for use on fruits and vegetables you could use, and they're uh, labeled for safety and usage on edible plants. So you could think about doing that, too, to protect your, your muscadine leaves from further further damage. You know, we find that if we go out with the um, sprayer with soapy water, mm-hmm. um, once they've been sprayed, they can't fly. They go away, they fall down, and hopefully something eats them while they're on the ground down there. <laughs> and and with, with no rain, we don't have to worry about rain washing yeah, off the uh, Yeah, true enough, true enough. Well, Lisa, it's great talking to you. Au revoir. Au revoir. See you soon. It's <laughs> 844, and Emily is in Lawrenceville and joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, morning, Emily. Walter. Morning. Um, Walter, I have yellow uh, jasmine mm-hmm. in two different places, and they are these bean-like clusters that are oh, yeah. hanging all in them. Yeah. That's what a is seed, that? It's a seed pod, and it's remarkable because you so rarely see them, and you bring to our attention something that a lot of people, I think, are seeing this year because I've seen them on my Confederate jasmine already, and that's rarely done on Confederate jasmine. But, yeah, in both cases, that's the seed pod, little beans, little bean pods. I, I don't think I've ever seen them before because I didn't yeah. know what they were, yeah, and, yeah. and that was my first impression. It was almost like beans, little llama beans or something. And then I had someone else look at it, and that was their impression. Too. If you want to save them, you can do that. Um, they, when the beans dry to a certain point, they'll suddenly pop open and the seeds will pop out. And so one of the ways to save them is to get a little bitty paper bag or muslin bag or something like that and fasten it over the bean cluster there so that when the seeds pop, they will be caught in the bag. And you can save them and plant them and you got more of the vine. Oh, I, there's no telling how many hundreds I have. <laughs> right, you don't need that many. Hanging in clusters. Yeah, you don't need that many. Maybe one or two of those clusters get bagged up and the rest of them just let them pop, let them, let them go where okay. they want to go. Can can I share that with somebody and you plant those? Will they come up? Yeah, sure. Give everybody oh, okay. five for birthday or Christmas or something like that and have your own uh, own uh, vine co-op out there. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> you have that almost if you just leave it alone let yeah. it grow. Yeah, that's true too. Well, thanks okay. for calling, Emily. Thank you, Walter. Great right, talking bye-bye. to you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I think we've got time for Andy in here. Andy's out in Snellville, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Andy, come on, let's do it quick and get out of here. What's Hey, got? good morning, Walter. I've hey, got several blueberry plants with a lot of fruit that's beginning to come in, and we've got a visitor, a small green bug that looks like a stink bug, mm-hmm. but it's smaller. It's got a real glossy, shiny back, and I just wanted to know what I could use to uh, eliminate that visitor. Is this kudzu bug, or is it really, truly just a small one of the green stink bugs? It looks exactly like a stink bug. It's just much smaller, and the the back is very okay. glossy and uh, shiny. It's one of the early, they call them instars, I-N-S-T-A-R, but stink bugs go through four or five instar stages, basically nymphal stages, and mm-hmm. the young ones are shinier than the old ones. So I think what you have is just young stink bugs that are not quite grown up to be mom and dad. 
And what can I use to spray on those? And the key is now, not later, because the young ones are much, much easier to kill than the old ones are. So let's see, this is on, what kind of plant was it on? Blueberry bushes. Blueberry. Obviously, you look for something that's labeled for use on blueberries. Um, Ortho had that uh, acetamiprid that works fine on uh, on uh, blueberries, and Bayer has something. I forgot now what the label, what the product is that Bayer has. Bonide, certainly at Pike, has a couple of uh, insecticides that are labeled for use on blueberries. Follow the label. You know there's a certain amount of days you have to wait after spray before you can eat the fruit. But if you have rabbit eye blueberries, then they're not ripening for another couple of three weeks maybe, and so you have time to, to kill the stink bugs now. All right. Great. Thank you so much, Walter. Have a good day. You bet, Andy. Thanks for calling. It's 848. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And time for a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. They offered us wine. They offered us all sorts of nice things to drink in France. But I think iced tea would have been the thing we would appreciate most. Were they here and were we there? We didn't get any iced tea. But today I plan to indulge myself in the tea. It's going to be hot this afternoon. Low 90s. ninety two or 3. Possibly not a chance of rain overnight in the low 70s. It's just going to be hot. Welcome to Georgia, everyone who hasn't been here for a summer before. Tom is in coming and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tom. Hey, Walter. Uh, I've got a crazy question about trying to propagate wisteria. Yep, that's a crazy question, Tom. Why do you want to propagate wisteria? It makes a beautiful bush if you control it. If, and the big if, you control well, it, and you can do it. All right, Tommy Tom, here's the great no, news. There's no trees around it. So, I mean, <laughs> it is easy to propagate. Do you have a wisteria already that you want to propagate from? Yes, sir. All right. Here's what you do. Go to the wisteria that you have and look down the vine until you find sections that are about half an inch thick and brown. Not the green part that grew this year, but the brown part that grew last year. And cut yeah. sections, oh, a foot to two feet long. I'll let you decide. Take those sections and bury them just an inch or two deep in the ground in trenches. So just dig a little trench about, you know couple of inches deep and two feet long and bury sections of the wisteria vine that are brown in that trench or an alternative is to dig in the ground underneath the wisteria and find sections of root that are about half inch in diameter and cut sections two feet long bury them in a trench same deal bury them in a trench outside and within ooh, six weeks from now you'll have multitudes of sprouts and you can dig them up and chop them into pieces and divide them and you can have a veritable orchard of wisteria, and everybody in coming, watch out. Tom is making wisteria sprouts. <laughs> okay, but you, you don't layer the new growth, right? There's no real... You could do that if you want to. I guess you could do the layering, the air layering, if you want to do that too, Tom. That's a third way of doing it I didn't even, didn't even think of. But it's so easy to sprout the uh, vine cuttings and the root cuttings. You could do that just as easily too. All right, it has to be what size? I think half, half an inch is probably better. Half an inch in diameter. Uh, okay. All right, Tom, I'll go with you and let you do that. And like I say, 
Forsyth, coming Georgia. Y'all watch out because Tom is coming with his wisteria. Thanks for calling, man. It's been a great Saturday morning. Rachel Perry has done a fabulous job screening calls in Ashley's absence. And Scott Maxman, of course, found all our French music this morning that we could play on the on the show. We appreciate that as well. If you didn't get your question answered, go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Sign up for my newsletter. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. Nothing but weeds on Pinterest. i got pictures of weeds and how to identify them. Don't forget that Pike Nursery Crepe Myrtle is on sale all day, 20% off. you got your gardening without guesswork, and certainly they'll come plant them for you if you want them to. I'll see you right here next Saturday morning, my friends, for another edition of Lawn and Garden. <laughs>